What's up, Internet friends, and welcome to another episode of the PlayStation Plus Game Club. I'm your host, Kevin Garaventa, a.k.a. The Portland Kevin. And this is a show where we pick one game from the PlayStation Plus library and break it down for your entertainment, information, and amusement. This time, we are talking about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, developed by IDOS Montreal and published by Square Enix in October of 2021. This is an original story separate from the MCU that is a complete reimagining of the Guardians and the many Marvel characters they meet. To join me on this space adventure is returning PS Plus Game Club member Robert Fitton. Welcome back. Hey, Kevin. Kevin, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad that we didn't have to do this intro a second time because it worked perfectly this first time. Uh, so happy to be back. <laughs> Love being on on the show here. Yes, of Love course. Every, everything is up and running like it should be, thankfully. Exactly. So I don't even know why we're talking about this. It's crazy. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, everything is fine. Nothing is on fire. Before we start talking about the Guardians, is there anything you have to plug, promote, any sort of projects or uh, fun things happening? Um, I mean, I just wrapped up um, the True Achievements Achievement Challenge over on Xbox. I was streaming a few nights of that, uh, so I was, I was doing that for a bit. Um, other than that, no, just you know, catch me on Twitch, Mister Underscore Hawks One Eight Two. Uh, hang out, watch me play video games poorly, oh, cool. and I think uh, early next year I've got uh, I've got something starting up. So I'm just kind of getting everything everything squared away there. I think the last time I was on, I mentioned that um, a buddy of mine and I were going to start a podcast. We recorded an episode. I had a mental breakdown, but now I'm back, so we'll be good. Okay, well that's exciting. What is the yeah. the true achievements competition? What what is that exactly? Oh, so true achievements is there's true achievements. There's also true trophies, and there's a true Steam achievements site. Um, it's a site that I just use for like achievement hunting, you know, to kind of help me find things. If other people have like a big old forum type thing, yeah. But every December, they do the true achievements twelve days of Christmas challenge, where for the first twelve days of December, you know, one, two, three, four, five, every day has a different achievement based challenge. So this year, the first day you were given like kind of a grid of video game genres and you had to make it like a, like a, what the shit is that called? Like a bingo board of genres. And you had to get an achievement from a genre to fill out a part in the board to fill that out as a bingo. Oh, nice. So I had, I think mine, mine was like arcade racing. So I did Forza horizon. And then there was also simulation racing. So I did Forza motorsport. And then there was roguelike. So I did loop hero game. I'd never played before, but then each day the challenge is a bit different and it typically coincides with the days coincides how many achievements you have to get so oh, cool. on the 12th day I had to get 12 different achievements and that one was uh the next achievement had to start with the letter that the previous achievement ended with oh man that sounds kind of wild yeah okay yeah so what was but the... yeah i i've done it three times now like you know the last three years that i've done it and I, I look forward to it every year it's just super fun and they do the same the same challenge except you know a couple little tweaks over on the playstation side on true trophies as well. If cool. interested. Yeah. I'm kind of interested in that. What was your, like your, your biggest or your proudest achievement? Um, for this one, I, Oh, actually uh, a really easy one. So it wasn't just one achievement, but for a few of the days, um, actually, I think I want to, I want to say on the 10th day, the achievement or like the challenge was quote unquote retro games, but by retro, they just meant games made by almost like, I guess you'd call them like legacy publishers. So, you know, Sega, uh, like Square Enix, you know, stuff like that, EA. So on that day, I was like, you know what? I I played like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name. I've loved that game. I'm just going to get 
all the rest of the achievements in 100% that game out. Oh, wow. So yeah. my first, like the first seven of that day were me just going through the last achievements I needed, including, and if, if you played the game, you'll know what I mean, maxing out all of the cabaret hostess missions. <laughs> I'm glad I wasn't streaming it because those things get kind of weird. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, wrap the game up and, oh man, that's, I cannot wait for infinite wealth. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's that's coming sometime next year. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm pretty excited for that. So uh, r- remind us uh, just really quick, plug your your Twitch again. Yeah, Twitch uh, at Mr. Underscore Hawks, H-O-X, 182. Big logo with the with with the word Hawks. Yeah, I've done it, redone it a few times. I'm actually kind of now at a point where I, I really like the logo. But yeah, I, I stream on there. I don't really have a regular schedule. I just kind of hop on when I when I find a new game. Um, typically when I start a new game, I'd like to stream actually the first couple of hours, kind of like a little kickoff just to see how it is, show off mm-hmm. the beginning of the games, you know, kind of the opening menus and stuff. And really just to see if I like it and if any viewers like it, you know, they'll be like, oh, cool. This is the beginning of the game. So I'm not jumping in in the middle of a game to get spoiled. This is how the game starts. This is showing, you know, kind of all that stuff off. So okay. yeah, Mr. Hawks, Mr. Underscore Hawks, 182 on Twitch. Great, great. Uh, one thing I want to plug just a bit of housekeeping before we start. If you want to be part of the PlayStation Plus Game Club, you can send us an email at psplusgameclub at gmail.com with game suggestions or thoughts you have about our multi-featured game. If you enjoy the episode and want to hear more, please like and subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. It really helps our show get up in uh, more recommended feeds and it helps our listenership. So. Um, thanks for subscribing and thanks again for listening. You can also find me on Discord at the Portland Kevin if you'd like to message me about our uh, monthly featured game. And again, the game we picked for this month is Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Guys, huddle up! Okay, so plan A might be a bust. That's an understatement. Too bad somebody crashed the ship. Look, Will, you are no match for this glorious creature. Get behind me. Oh, great. All right, guys, plan B. Yeah, we're in trouble. But we're the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, who's with me? So we're going to start off with just a general discussion of the the game. And then uh, at the end of the the show, we will have uh, kind of a second half be the, the more spoiler filled discussion about the story. Um, but, uh, why don't we just, uh, talk about the, the story in general? What did you think of the story? I loved this story and I, I know I've, I've been on a few episodes here and I say that I love games. I'm sorry. I'm just really positive when it comes to games. I can typically find something that I like and everything, but, um, I played this game first when it, when it came out back in October, October 21, actually I bought the disc, right? It's crazy. Remember those? Um, yeah, I bought the game, played it when it first came out because I was just like, oh yeah, I mean, I like the Guardians characters, they're cool. Mm-hmm. But the story in this, once again, it's it's not just kind of redoing what we've seen in the movies. It has characters that you either, you know, either see in the movies that you're aware of, but also completely different characters that I've never kind of really interacted with or characters that you now have seen in different movies. But I think the story in this game is just really good. It's It's told really well. The pacing is great. And I'd never got to a point in the game where I kind of felt like we're just doing things to do things. Yeah. You know, like it's, here's just something to be like, Hey, look, it's the guardians. Let's do this one thing that they always do. You know, (laughs) everything in the game kind of, kind of leans into the story and the characters kind of becoming a better team. So 
yeah, this, the story itself is just fantastic. I, I really do love it. Uh, in, in the first chapter, I did feel like the, the banter between them that you just kind of hear as you're walking around starts off like pretty awkward and it can be kind of grating, but the, the writing for the, the scenes, the actual story happening is fantastic. I I love it. And, uh, you're right. It, it doesn't feel like any part of it is just like there to, to waste time or, or be some kind of filler. It's, it's all really important and it's so much fun. I, I laughed a lot during a lot of the story and, and during points of this, I definitely was not expecting to, to be moved to tears, but I almost cried during a couple of like pivotal scenes during this. So not ashamed to admit it. Uh, but man, this, this really hit me, uh, in a lot of emotional ways. So I, I do want to ask you though, like the, the story is fantastic. What about the gameplay? What did you think of just the moment to moment gameplay? Moment to moment gameplay, um, traversal for some reason. And I, I am playing it again and I don't know why. And maybe I'm forgetting it. Um, I keep wanting to sprint, but that's just <laughs> not a thing. I know there's, there's kind of like a little, there's a little dash thing, but just as I'm running yeah. around the environment, kind of looking around, I keep wanting to sprint. That's not there. Uh, whatever. I don't know why I keep wanting to do it, but traversal and kind of just running around the world and, and really exploring the world is really fun. It's it's easy to kind of go up places. You've got um, you you play as Star Lord. You've got little like jet boots. So just kind of running around and looking around every nook and cranny takes me makes me play each level way longer than I need to. Yeah, the the combat itself can definitely get repetitive. Um, I know that was a a quote in the Discord. Um, and I forget I forget the name. I do apologize there. Uh, they said you know it's the gameplay can get repetitive, but like everything else around it is is really fun. Yeah, yeah, and. I'm in the same boat. The gameplay you're 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 playing as one character and then you kind of control the rest of the characters. So you're not jumping from one person to one person. So you're almost really just stuck using the abilities of 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 Star Lord, but then telling these other people what to do. And it's like it's like that's cool. I, I get it. It's it's nice that you're just, you know, you're able to just focus on the one character. But I would love to play as Drax and just have the the strength and just be, you know, ripping things apart <laughs> with my controller instead of just saying Drax go Drax things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and, and I have to agree with you there where le- like the traversal and the exploration is really cool. I love how the environment just kind of like, it, it doesn't really just put it in your face that you can go separate directions and, and explore and find different things. But, uh, the pathfinding and, and like the way they, they hint that you can go, uh, down exploring different directions and, and like find, uh, some of those side paths with with collectibles or you know some currency they can use to upgrade stuff. How they they just kind of like barely turn your attention to it is perfect, and and I I love how they've tuned that to just make you feel like you're you're finding something that's well hidden, but at the same time just kind of like guiding you in the general direction of that stuff. And when you're exploring that stuff, all of the guardians are with you at that point, and so they all have the, these conversations and they, they talk about how Peter is, is now like going off in the wrong direction and like, Hey man, what are you doing? Where are you going? And and, and I love that. So after a while though, that banter does not feel grating and it it starts to get a lot funnier. They, they start to write it a little bit better. So, um, overall I I loved the the exploration because of that. Uh, but yes, the, the combat I did feel like got kind of repetitive and it would be nice to to be able to play as some of the other guardians, but I understand why they 
they felt like maybe that would be too big of an ask for this kind of game because you know really you're you're playing as peter and then you use the other guardians' abilities like their special abilities that uh mm-hmm. peter can use mm-hmm. so i did feel yeah, like the game is is definitely like it's 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 a peter quill star lord story yeah so yeah. that makes sense in that, that regard yeah i felt so like this is like a a super funny version of mass effect where you have one character that can shoot and do a few things and use some equipment. And then they have all these, these other companions that have special abilities that you command for them to use at certain points. And if you're not remembering to use them, they'll shout at you like, Hey man, like I'm, I feel like I'm tied up here. Like you want to have me help out? Whatever. Like, like Drax will shout out my, my power goes unutilized. Uh, or yeah. Rocket will shout out like, Hey, you want to see some fireworks? And then you have to call him in to say like, Hey, throw a grenade at this enemy or you know, it's like, kind of like when, when you're playing, um, like horizon forbidden West or, yeah. or, or zero dawn. But instead of Peter just talking to himself being like, you know what? I think that thing that kind of looks like a ladder could be used to climb up this cliff. And you're like, why the, f- who says that? Why are yeah. you talking to yourself? Like it, it, it feels more ingrained in the characters. And in the gameplay, when you hear, you know, yeah, like when you hear Drax saying like my my power is not being utilized and you're like, wait, is there something? Oh, yeah, he can he can do the thing because he's, he's he's strong as shit. Yeah. You know, um, it doesn't feel like it's as handholdy as some other games where your companions or your character is just telling you, hey, why don't we look around this corner? Oh, that's great. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Corner, you know. So since we're talking about the the guardians and and like how they interact with each other, who is your favorite guardian Oh, it's tough. Uh, I it's I don't even know if I've got a least favorite in this game, you know, because there's Star Lord Peter feels good, feels great, does not feel like um the 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 Chris Pratt version, and that's I I mean I'll say that for for all the characters in here. It I actually had a note here. They did a much this this team did a much better job than the Marvel's Avengers team when it came to making their own versions of these characters. Yeah, they feel they feel unique. It doesn't feel like I'm, you know, playing as the stunt double of Robert Downey Jr. Like I am in the Avengers, you know, I, it feels like I'm playing as, as star Lord, not Chris Pratt, star Lord from guardians of the galaxy, the movie. Yeah. They, they totally went for different, different imaginings of all of the characters. And that's something I really love because then when, when like some other character shows up from the movies that isn't part of the guardians, but is in the movies, I, I at least feel like I can recognize them, but I don't feel like they're they're too vastly different or jarring because mm. I, I understand like, oh, no, this is a different idea of who they are. And so Peter's backstory is completely different. And and we, we have this. And so is Drax's. I think everybody has a different backstory than they have in the movies. And I really appreciate how they went for something completely different and something that that feels original and that way, you know, it's a lot easier to connect with this rather than like starting to sit back and compare this to the, the MCU movies. So I I think that's a a big deal that they, they definitely took a different direction and it works so well. Yeah. And I, I love the, uh, especially at the beginning, like, you know, closer to the beginning of the game, um, just the interplay between Drax and Gamora. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and he just does not trust her because, (laughs) Of who her father is, who her adopted father is, but then you, you know, yeah. you learn things throughout the story. And I just loved walking around the ship and you hear Drax, you like you're talking about something. Um, and I, you know, we'll get into spoilers later, but yeah, you're you're talking about something and you just hear Drax say, Why don't we go ask the betrayer what she thinks? 
when she's talking to Peter, he, he refers to her as the betrayer. Uh, so the betrayer, like, <laughs> uh, double agent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the murderous, but, I think yeah. is there, but, but like a- after a while, like they, they actually do have this, this mutual respect for each other and, and that does come out, but just the way he refers to, this is what makes Drac my favorite character is just the, the way his banter comes off whenever they're walking around and it, it's just really funny. Like at one point you're walking through, uh, the, the small narrow, like quarters of a ship and there's a bunch of robots with like faces painted on them that some kid has gone through and just like painted these robot eyes on, on, you know, a, a blank a splate. And, and like Drax says, Peter Quill, I do not like the way this robot is looking at me. That made, that made my wife, Carrie laugh really hard. She was watching yeah. me play this, but, uh, there, there's that kind of stuff, uh, during a fight, like Peter will shout out, uh, when like a big guy enters the fight, uh, Peter shouts out like, Big guy, 12 o'clock, and Drax shouts back at him, the current time is not relevant, Peter. And there's there's that kind of stuff that they throw in that just got me laughing pretty hard at Drax. So I think he'll, he has to come off as my favorite character. Gamora has like my, my favorite abilities in the team, but Drax, I, I just, I loved having him around. All right, pretty sure that baby's our ticket upward. Somehow. It's neither a baby nor a ticket. It is a reactor. There it is! Lady Hellbender's fortress! It's gotten bigger, that's for sure. Ha! It is not getting bigger. We are getting closer. Thanks, Drax. Yeah, I Drax is that that kind of not really the humor, but that humor of not really understanding it. Yeah. And understanding why what he's saying is funny. Yeah. Which is you could say kind of what 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 you know Dave Batista does in the movies. But I feel like in the movie, it's especially in the second and third movies, it's definitely played more for the humor aspect. Where in this game, it's he seems genuine and you know, like you said, you know, big guy at twelve o'clock. Well, the time doesn't matter. You know, he, yeah. he's he's saying that because he's like, I'm fighting this. I don't care what time it is. The time does not matter in this. You know, and everything that he's saying is said with such sincerity that you're like, all right, dude, I love you. Yeah, come give yeah. me a hug, please. Don't don't hug too too hard. It, it's it's but. much more of an understanding thing near the mm-hmm. end where I, I felt like it's okay that he doesn't understand it. He's not dumb, but yeah. he just, he, he doesn't, it doesn't matter that he doesn't get it right now. So I don't feel like he needs to, it to be explained to him. He still understands that, you know, this is kind of a dire situation. So he's, he's giving it his all and, and he's like really smart at, at what we need him to do. I mean, he definitely does have some dumb moments oh, in yeah. the game, um, especially there's something really early on, very, very early on. And you're like, <laughs> come on, man. What? what you, and I think even Peter is like, but come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So also it, it has been said that like one of the extra characters in at, from the Guardians is the music. And this is something that they did take inspiration from the MCU, but throwing in 80s music. What are some of your your favorite music tracks to use after a huddle first of all let's let's start about uh talking about you know what is the huddle mechanic you know if if all of your your characters are in trouble if they go down or if you just build up enough uh momentum in your fight you can activate this this thing called the huddle where peter gathers everybody around into a huddle (laughs) during the fight and actual an actual like huddle like a sports team and and then gives them a pep talk so, uh, you know, they, they talk about how like, oh man, we're, we're getting beaten down. Like, what are we going to do? 
And then you have to choose the right response to give back to them to then give them some extra power when they go back out of this huddle. And then when he does that, like a random track from the 80s starts to play. What have been some of your your favorite songs to hear as that huddle breaks out? I think one that got me really because I think like the first couple times it was just like, oh, yeah, cool. This is, um, you know, these songs I was it's more of that kind of kind of hair metal from the 80s. Yeah. Um, But the one that really got me once and I was not expecting it is we do the huddle, we succeed and then I'll tumble for you by Culture Club starts playing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and i just i kind of i like paused and i was like the fuck is this <laughs> yep it is awesome yeah and i just rolled with it because i was like that that doesn't fit the vibe of what we're doing but at the same time it's perfect yeah and it just starts from like the chorus and you're just like oh, okay yeah let's do this yeah, let's yeah. start hitting people <laughs> um i also think i did get rick rolled once yes um, i did too that yeah. is an option yeah in there. <laughs> but but yeah the i'll tumble for you it hit me just so hard and just i'd laughed so hard yeah and then you know killed all the aliens yeah uh one of my favorites was uh wake me up before you go go by wham and it happened at the in the perfect battle at the perfect time and i was like this is amazing i love this i cannot believe this is happening i'll explain what that battle is when we we get into spoilers but uh i i was just i my my jaw hit the floor and I was grinning from ear to ear as I was uh, fighting. And, and I loved the, the way they implemented this music. So they have said that like Mm. they engineered some moments to play specific songs. If you enter that huddle. So I, I really couldn't tell that they they've engineered certain ones for certain times, but this one in particular probably was one of those and it, it hit perfectly. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing I, that I definitely don't want to gloss over in this game is, yeah, the licensed tracks are great, but the soundtrack that they made up for this game, oh, they yeah. created, you know, like an actual Star Lord band that's that's in kind of the, the mythos of Peter's life. But that band made a full album that is actually like, you know, it's on Spotify. It was released. Some of those tracks were actually in my top. They were in like my Spotify rap top 100 for 2021. Yeah. Because I just put them in other playlists because they're just so awesome. But the music is just so good. It fits with the world and it fits with the character. And they knocked it out of the park with these like the original music as well as the licensed tracks. Everything feels like one coherent playlist instead of, oh, this is this is obviously newer than this music over here. No, it, everything blends together so well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what what was the name of the, was the name of the band actually Star Lord? Yeah, in okay. the game it's Star Lord, and that's actually the like the logo on the back of his jacket is yeah. the Star Lord logo from from the game. Um, the album I think is from Star Lord the band is what it's called. Yeah, and it's like Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack. Um, but it's I think a full like thirty. It's the it's the album that Peter gets at the very beginning of the game. Not, not I mean kind of spoilers, but it's literally the first thing you see. Yeah, yeah. It's like a thirteen track album, and it's it's not just. Like you would think, oh, they're making this music for the for a game. They're gonna just kind of phone it in. It's gonna be almost just like references and silly. No, it's it, it it's just like a straight up hair metal band from the eighties. And it's a full band, album. You know, it's not like album. it's it not like album. uh like like two minute songs that that are no. only like three or four songs, but like it is ten songs. And I at least at the beginning of the game, you have control of Peter. I just sat there in his bedroom 
and listened to mm-hmm. the first song because I thought this is really good. Who are these guys? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I put, you know, a note in here. I spent about an hour in his room just listening to music, looking around it. Yeah. At everything. And just, it, it, it will actually just play through the entire album if you let it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I, I sat there and, and listened to uh, the first track zero to hero. And then the second track started playing and I thought, I, I'd love to sit here and, and listen to the whole thing, but I need to play the game. So <laughs> I got to get going. Uh, but like I, you can go back and listen to the whole album. It's on Spotify. Like you said, it's on YouTube. I, I'm not sure if it's anywhere else like Bandcamp or Tidal, but yeah, go listen to it. Um, as far as like inserting music into the show here, I don't think I can do any of the, the eighties music that you'd recognize, but I'm going to try and, and see if I can get some of the the original soundtrack in here because it's really good. It, it should be heard. Oh yeah. Yeah. Listen to zero yeah. to hero for sure. Yeah. Like that opening track is just a banger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I already have it stuck in my head. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's already on my playlist. One thing I'd like to ask is how would you rate this game? Is it not worth your time or is it a, a try it if you have plus and see it or see if it's on sale or is it a, a shut up and take my money kind of game? I would probably go with, with the middle there. You know, if it, it's on PlayStation plus, so, you know, play it if, it if it's already on there and if it's on sale, like if you, you know, don't have PlayStation, if you're on Xbox and everything and you see it on sale, which I think it does go on sale quite a bit now, it's, it's, you know, a couple years older give it a shot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a single player game. There's no microtransactions. There's nothing crazy like that game itself. I want to say takes about 15 hours or so, depending on how much you kind of look around the world to look for all the collectibles. Um, it's just a fun, it's a fun time, especially in a year full of massive games and massive yeah. open world games. This is a great, you've got a weekend. Cool. Play gardens of the galaxy. Have a really fun time. Get some songs stuck in your head. Mm-hmm. And you're good. There's no stress about it. Once again, no, no, no microtransactions is the biggest thing that I loved about this game, which yeah. is sad, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, cool. We got the game. I got the game. That's it. Oh yeah. I think there were some downloadable, like there was like, uh, like pre-order costumes, but other than that, you know? Oh yeah. For me, it, it does like it hits that try it if you have plus or you see it on sale, but um, it gets very close to that shut up and take my money kind of kind of realm where I, I really loved the story. The combat is is the one thing that really kind of holds it back. But if you if you have the chance to play it, give it a try. And I, I really loved the story. So, you know, pick it up on sale. Try it if you have plus or, you know, 
uh, check your local library if they have it, because they like some local libraries do have video games on disc that you mm-hmm. can check out. So highly recommend it, you know, support you. Yeah, maybe don't do that. If you have like a series S or a PS five digital, <laughs> not, not going to help you out, but, <laughs> um, you know, definitely give it a try. I, I loved it. I did reach into uh, a couple of discord channels and, uh, got some responses. Um, Maddie K, uh, from our Everspace episode, uh, said that guardians might be the perfect definition of a solid seven for me. I think they nailed the characters. The story was well done, but the arcade gameplay was too repetitive to love. And I think he's echoing what we both felt where this is just like Mm. a great story, but the actual shooting and like using powers and stuff leaves a little bit to be desired. So, um, Ron Campana also, uh, in the discord said, I really liked it personally. Personally, the story was really rad and I'm not even the biggest guardians of the galaxy fan outside the movies. The gameplay loop gets a little old and repetitive towards the end. So I can see where people's complaints about it came up. But ultimately, if you like single player linear action games, I would recommend. And then uh, one last one, uh, geared loved the guardians. I thought they really nailed the writing tone set pieces and character dynamics that make the guardians special. While combat was my least favorite part of the experience, it was more than serviceable, and the team huddle pep talk mechanic was super cool. So it seems like they're all in agreement with us. Yeah. It's like, this a is of, a great I story. Think, yeah, great story, great characters, great writing. And then it's just the, and it's, I wouldn't even want to, I don't even want to say the gameplay, you know, because once again, like traversal and exploring is yeah. great. The actual combat mechanics, they, they just get boring. There's no other way to put it. And I, I you know, hate saying something like that because mm-hmm. I know these devs put everything into making the game great. Even if Square Enix said that they, quote unquote, missed sales marks, like, go fuck yourself. But yeah, just the that actual combat, if they could have just tweaked out a little bit more, maybe yeah. added a couple things, not even necessarily let me play as all the other characters. I get that's that's a lot of work. But like for for Peter, you know, you get upgrades. Those upgrades are just, to the 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 same gun that you have yeah you know or yeah. you get you have the the jet boots and you can upgrade that okay now you can use it a little bit differently like you're not i'm not like changing out you know weapons or like trying anything really new it's just okay well now you know your 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 guns take a little bit longer to you know run out of ammo and yeah. have to reload yeah you know that's it you know There's, it's just like that th- there is an upgrade mechanic that you can do for your guns and I unlocked all of the upgrades for those about two thirds of the way through the game. And I mm-hmm. kept getting like, I kept finding currency to then upgrade more. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do anything with this stuff. Uh, you're just collecting stuff <laughs> to collect stuff because it's there. Yeah. And by that point in the game, you're, you're like kind of trained to look into every nook and cranny to find this because maybe you'll find a costume. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And the costumes are are great looking by the way, but um, yeah. like during cutscenes. Sometimes the characters will be wearing those costumes and sometimes they won't. So it's kind of like, like mismatched where like you guys mm-hmm. weren't tracking all the time when a character was in a costume or wasn't. So it, it's just an issue of like different programming when they, they went into that. Yeah. Uh, aside from, from that, like the, the game is fantastic. I, I loved it. Yeah. So, and really like, since we're, we're kind of on the topic of the costumes, one thing that I definitely need to shout out the devs for this that I wish uh, like Marvel, the big one on my mind right now is Marvel Spider-Man because, you know, number two just came out 
uh, the other month. It's incredible. Has a ton of suits you can unlock with no information. But <laughs> the devs in this game, every costume for all of the characters, uh, one have their first appearance, which in some cases it's you know first appeared in yeah. this game, um, or you know based on the appearance in there's there's the MCU costumes for yeah. each character, but then. There's a bunch of other costumes where if they're not from the game, it says where their first appearance is, who created it. And it has a little blurb kind of talking about the costume from the character that's wearing it. Yeah. So yeah. you go look at, uh, you know, you look at you look at Rocket's MCU costume and the little blurb is like Quill keeps talking about this thing called a movie and how they need to make one about us. And I think that would be the only thing in this world that'll make us ha- like happy. And for some reason, he keeps <laughs> saying that i should wear orange when it makes me look like a criminal oh wait <laughs> makes sense yeah and if he, you go to to groot's costumes, the costumes has that little blurb yeah about them if you go to groot's costumes they all start with i am groot and then it has groot, rockets translation rockets it. Yeah. yeah so i i, yeah. I really love and and just yeah the costumes are great they look great but the big thing i want to harp on is just telling the play like the people where they came from and who created them mm-hmm. that little thing of you know kind of giving the nod to the past is so much better than just seeing these cool looking costumes once again spider-man great costumes if they came from the comic book if they were made for the game if they came from something else i have no idea i don't know who created them yeah you know because you Um, look at these i just uh, love the nod to the creators yeah you look at like some of the costumes like the the five horsemen of the apocalypse costumes that all of the guardians can wear and then they tell you where they came from and I had no idea these existed, but now they're, I'm like kind of curious, like, yeah. whoa, what was this about? Because they all look evil. What happened here? So, um, yeah, like I, I get curious about this. So, um, before- yeah, you see some of them. And like I said, some of them are just in the game, but then some of them you're like, oh, that's a, that's one that they definitely made. Nope. That was somewhere in a comic. What the hell? <laughs> Where'd this come from? Why are you wearing that? So you brought up superhero, like uh, another superhero game. Let's, let's have a quick actual books and more recommendations part of the show your Actual favorite books and more recommendations <laughs> i'm going to cut that out and i'm going to use that in every episode further <laughs> so what are some of your favorite superhero games um honestly even before you know replaying this game this was on that list guardians of the galaxy yeah um just once again you don't want to harp on how great the story the characters everything but the combat is uh this is definitely like in my top three yeah my the other two in that top three, probably Marvel Spider-Man or Marvel Spider-Man two. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to say just uh, like th- those perfect. are great picks. Yeah. They're great. Uh, this one definitely hits that, that top list for me, you know, up there with, uh, I think one of my favorites was infamous Two. um, hashtag Cole's not dead mm. everybody, but, uh, infamous Two gotta let it go, man. <laughs> gotta let it go. It's been, um, one, one yeah. more, one more shout out for, for one. That might be a little surprising because it is based on a movie, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, now that's that that's game a really kicks good one. so much ass. Yeah. Yeah. It is God of War as Wolverine. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. You take two awesome things and put them together and they grow yeah. in awesome exponentially. Yeah. What Deadpool is, game was fun too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so then uh regarding Guardians of the Galaxy, what's your favorite Guardians MCU movie? I don't even know if that came over on the mic, but I said, fuck, I'm not (laughs) sure. 
Not because I don't, not because I haven't, I've seen them all multiple times. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can pick just like there's, there's different parts from each of them that I love. Yeah. But it might, might just have to be number one as boring yeah. as that is that, that's just like actually a, forming of the team. And, and it, it's not a boring answer because that's my favorite one as well. Uh, I, I just yeah. I loved how fresh the humor felt with that. And I feel like rewatching it, they still like use up some of their best material in the first movie. So I love watching that team come together and uh, kind of fight with each other and then like become friends. Uh, I, I really love just uh, also just Peter's sense of humor. And that one is the best that it is in the, the series. And I, I just I love the way he had that character do it. but then. In future movies, it it feels like he kind of goes a bit over the top, uh, but with that first one, mm-hmm. that's, that's and, and great. same with I think we we kind of mentioned same with Drax. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you're reading, watching, or playing that you'd uh, like to recommend? Um, I mean, I've just been, I've I've kind of this whole year I've just been playing long ass games. Yeah. That's all that keeps coming <laughs> out. Um, I like I said, I did just finish like a Dragon Gaiden, which I thought was really great, even as somebody who has only played one previous Yakuza like a dragon game, which was Yakuza like a dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, that game got me to tears by the end yeah. of it and just made me want this, this new one coming out next year. So much more played a uh, sea of stars this year. Everyone, mm-hmm. I recommend sea of stars. It's a, it's quite a bit longer than this game, but I think it is, uh, it is on PS plus and yeah. Xbox game pass. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't read anything. It's too hard <laughs> Too many okay. letters. Speaking of reading and the MCU, one thing I've been reading lately is Look Out for the Little Guy by Ant-Man. Um, it is, you know, it, it is a, a fake book that uh, was featured in the most recent Ant-Man movie, but they actually published Ian a real Scott. book for that. And yeah, uh, I, I've been reading uh, Look Out for the Little Guy by Scott Lang, and it, it's it's got some humor in it. It's, it's kind of funny, but um, really a lot of it is just a joke and it's fluff. So, um, highly recommend yeah. if you just, wanna... I, I was always, I was wondering about that. Like how much of that was a, was going to be actually just a book or if you open it and it's just kind of like, Hey, here's pictures from the, Ant-Man movie, <laughs> you know, it, most of it is, it's just kind of recapping the, the, the whole MCU, but, uh, from Ant-Man's perspective. And then mm-hmm. that's, that's about like two thirds the way through the book. So I'm about probably about, uh, three quarters done with it. And it just started to actually talk about other stuff, which started to get a little more interesting. So mm-hmm. um, I, I recommend just checking it out if you're curious. Um, but, you know, it, maybe it is, maybe at that library thing you spoke about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually where I got it from. So yeah. I've got one other recommendation, uh, which is next month's game. And it's a very special and artistic shadow of the Colossus. We'll be talking about the 2018 remake released on the PlayStation 4 in 2018 and the original PlayStation 2 release was one of my favorite games of all time. So this remake captures everything about what made that game special with updated visuals and music. Uh, so I'm very excited to talk about that one next month. Have you played that one? I have, I have never played either one. of them. Oh, okay. Okay. It's that, that's one of those games where I do like watching people play it because you know, just seeing the gameplay looks cool, but it's, yeah. I know it's not made by him, but it's like in a Hideo Kojima game to me where I'm like, this looks really pretty. And this gameplay looks like I, I'd like watching people play it. Yeah. I don't really want to play it. It It is kind of hard to play because that that's an artistic choice that they made where, yeah. you know, you're 
you're supposed to be climbing this giant, like mountain-sized thing walking around, and climbing it is supposed to be hard, so they made it actually hard. And and like that's the part of what they were going for, which can be really frustrating for some people, but understandably, like that's that's what they wanted to do. So I respect the art for for what it is. Remember, you can be part of the show by writing in to PSPlusGameClub at gmail.com to share your thoughts about Shadow of the Colossus or recommend any games for future episodes. But for now, uh, we are going to have a spoilerific discussion on Guardians of the Galaxy. Spoilers. <laughs> All the spoilers. Maybe try calling it like a pet. Here, monster. Who's a good monster? Bad creature, come face your punishment. What the flark is that? Definitely not a monster. Adorable. It's more matted than an Asgardian goat. We cannot present this pathetic creature to the monster queen of Sektoff 9. She will laugh at us. Maybe we can use it as bait. I knew those thumpers wouldn't work. What? My thumpers are state-of-the-art. Musclehead's the one who rushed at the first thing that came through the door. My head is not made of muscle. What the... Uh, you guys seeing what I'm seeing? Oh. So in the first movie, Chris Pratt wakes up. <laughs> and he's like, this isn't Parks and Rec. And you're like, why are you referencing Parks and Rec? And then the movie ends. It was a weird movie. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But with the game. Oh, the, oh Peter, we're talking the game. Okay. Yeah. But with change game, all my notes. I, I forgot what I was talking about. So, but with the game, Peter, I forgot his name. Peter wakes up and he's just hanging out in his uh, basement in, in like his house. And he's 13 years old listening to Star Lord's album that he just got. And. That he just yeah. got on tape and he's looking at the tape booklet. And if anybody had oh. a tape when they were growing up, you remember looking through the booklet, pulling it out and looking at the lyrics. Yep. I'm old. But I, I did too. I had yeah. the blur album. Uh, but yeah. he gets up uh, and his mom has uh, like set up a, a birthday party for him. So it's just the two of them, though. You can look around the room, but then he he leaves the bedroom and the screen just kind of flashes forward to current day Peter, who is. Uh, one of the Guardians, and they've already formed this team, the Guardians of the Galaxy, and they decide to go searching in a salvage yard for some kind of monster that they've been hired to find by some like zookeeper, I, Lady Hellbender. I don't think, um, I don't think they were hired to, and maybe I I misread the situation, but I don't think they were hired to find the monster for Lady Hellbender. The idea was that they heard that there was a monster here. They got you know. Uh, intel from from one of peter's sources and the thought was to go in there catch this monster sell it to lady hellbender to kind of get their name on the map to then be hired for other things okay yeah yeah before we jump into this story yeah if you don't mind we got to talk about his fucking bedroom (laughs) at the beginning of this game okay yeah and all i like i said earlier i literally i spent an hour listening to the music walking around trying to find all of the Easter eggs that were real or not real. Um, like one of the first things that you see, you know, you're, you're listening to the music and stuff. Yeah. 
he's sitting on the bed in like a first person view. You can look at the at the booklet for the lyrics, and then you can pull up an issue of Rolling Stone that has Star Lord on the cover with a review of the album inside that you could read if you wanted to. Oh my god! And they gave it three out of five, like three and a half out of five stars. Come on, Rolling Stone, get your head out of your ass. <laughs> All right. And then your mom comes into the bedroom and she talks to you because it's you know your birthday. And as she's leaving, she steps on a toy and she's like, "I told you to." To put your toys away and she throws it to you and it's fucking it's a Chewbacca toy. Yeah. Like from Star Wars, like which makes sense because it's Disney and Marvel and Star Wars. But still, like that's boom. Like the first thing that you get is, hey, here's this Chewbacca toy that you have. Mm-hmm. And then you get up and you're walking around. And I made a list of what I found. And if there's anything that I missed that you remember, let me know. OK. Um, Real ones. Chewbacca. He has a Tron poster. It's again yeah. Disney. Yeah. He has the Rolling Stone magazine. Um, he has a poster of Samantha Fox, who is an artist in the eighties and that's on the wall. Okay. Um, there's a star Lord comic on his desk from Marvel comics, like the little thing in the corner. It says Marvel comics group. Obviously mm-hmm. the star Lord comic isn't real, but Marvel's real. Um, <laughs> and one thing that made me kind of happy and kind of whatever, he has a wristband and you pick it up and it says Steve Harris, who is the bass player for Iron Maiden. Yes, I and thought that one. Everything yeah. that you look at, yeah, everything that you look at in the game, uh, or everything that you look at in the room, he kind of makes a little uh, a thing about it. You know, he has uh, a game console on the ground, and he's like, "Oh, I've got to beat Janie's high score. This is embarrassing." And you look at the poster, or you look at the 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 Tron poster, and it's like, "Oh, I wish I could ride around on, on light cycles." Um, but you pick up the wristband, and he says something like, "Oh, that concert was so good. I still can't believe that I found this." Yeah. And the thing that that made me impressed because it's it's a real reference, but also made me angry as a person with a brain is it says Steve Harris on it. You turn it around. It says West Ham for West Ham United, a football club in England. And you fuck West Ham. But still, it's a great, <laughs> you know, great little thing in there. Um, and then uh, mixed in with those, there's there's parody things. There's a poster for Flair, yeah. which is slayer it's the same logo they just changed the s to an f i think they just literally shot like lopped off one of the parts of the s and it made an f um (laughs) caves and creatures dungeons and dragons the weekly there's an issue of the weekly bugle i don't know if you caught that no no yeah instead of the daily bugle yeah (laughs) yeah it's the weekly bugle but it's like that same it the logo's the same and it says something like you see the letters v-i-g-i-l like as vigilante Uh so Possibly there's already a Spider-Man in this world. Wow. Yeah. Who knows? Um, Nuke game movie poster instead of war games. Yeah. The last Star Walker instead of the last Starfighter. I saw that one. Yeah. Uh, and 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 uh, they're on the ground. There was a dumpster dolls picture, which is a reference to garbage pail kids. Yes. Yes. And I actually took a screenshot of it on my on my PlayStation so I could zoom in to see what it was. And it's Ray Gun Ron. <laughs> And it's Ronald Reagan. <laughs> and in my notes, I put Ronald Reagan rest in piss bozo. But that's just on the ground. And you can easily not see that because why the fuck would you look at the ground? Of course. Um, just all these little Easter yeah. eggs in the room. And like I said, walked around an hour, tried to look at everything. Mm-hmm. There's also a box of tissues suspiciously close to Peter's bed. Come on, man. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll just leave it at 13. that. Yeah. So, sorry. <laughs> I, I had I had to fucking gush about the bedroom it's oh yeah it's, it's so wonderful great. and then like there's even more yeah. to look at out in outside the bedroom in the rest of the basement mm-hmm. where like there's there's other stuff that is just kind of like 
hanging out and and you can like touch all of it and peter will comment on all of it so it's it's amazing yeah yeah, yeah. but then like uh as as he walks up the stairs that's when the the scene flashes forward to just him on the milano that's their ship and they are about to go and into just the staring at him in the face <laughs> yeah but that they're like they're about to fly into the quarantine zone where it's just a a wreckage like a a salvage yard for where they've they've collected all of the the different chunks of of ships that have been uh, decimated in in some galactic war that Peter keep keeps referencing that he's fought in so uh there's mm-hmm. some backstory there but they go in searching for some monster that is like lurking within the junkyard and the like at the end of the chapter they find a space llama instead of this giant monster and when they capture it the llama drops some glowing yellow stone that no one seems to notice and i said to myself well that's probably going to be important later but yeah uh there's there's like they, they, they go around for a few minutes trying to get this like purple and blue llama out of the the junkyard and there's some other giant monster that shows up and then this sort of spiky shadowy blob latches onto it and kills the creature while they run away. And, and one, the thing I loved yeah. about that is that, that I caught was like hilarious. And I love when video games do this. Um, one, the, the, uh, the little, the stone itself, you actually find at the end, it's kind of in the middle of the chapter, uh, Peter and rocket have like a little bet going on as to who can blow up all these, like kind of like egg things yeah. that have creatures in them. And the last one that you blow up when you either win or lose which honestly doesn't matter, but and then there's a little scene of Peter and rocket kind of pushing each other out of the way, trying to get it. Yeah. Cause it's this glowing rock. We want to grab it. Peter grabs it, picks it up and it kind of burns his hand and he throws it away. And you, there's like a little, a little quick thing after he throws it away where you see the little black creature kind of come out of it and then crawl into a vent. That's it. That's what happened. Yeah. 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 And then, and then that thing flies out and they're like, oh, what is that? And Rocket's like, uh, probably nanobots or something. And <laughs> yes. then the nanobots get bigger <laughs> and tries to break a window back into the room to get at them and almost does. And then just kind of flies away. But then after you get the llama who I have named llama, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a, not a good name, but you know, it's a dumb llama. It looks like Ed Sheeran, but <laughs> you run into that giant monster and the game actually has the life bar of the monster up in the top right hand corner like it's a boss fight oh I and didn't all that. the all the yeah all the all the guardians are just like all right let's do this and then the not nanobots nanobots just comes in and latches to it yeah and starts attacking it and then you see the life bar itself actually start going down as the team is just like what the hell is that <laughs> thing and then it it kills it and the life bar is gone i love when games kind of kind of mess with their own mechanics like that yeah, yeah. even if it's, it wasn't really interactive but you see the life bar and you're like cool I'm going to fight this. What the, what's, what's, oh, it's, oh, it's dead. Well, I guess I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. 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 Okay. So that, that fight between rocket and, and Peter just happened so fast that I don't remember it, but like, yeah, yeah, that, that's how it gets released. So like that, that shadowy monster is going to come back later, but they escape. It's not the monster from lost. (laughs) I did look that up. I confirmed. I asked it. I said, are you the lost monster? And he said, nah, fam. No, it's my brother. This is a better story than lost anyway. So, yeah. Uh, they they have to escape the junkyard and flying the ship out of the junkyard did not feel great. It felt like uh, 
it felt like star it was trying to be star fox but the camera kept mm. like shifting so like like it, it's really difficult to play a game where you're flying a ship on rails like in star fox and the camera itself does not fly straight so then you're trying yeah. to dodge stuff and the like it, it's really difficult to dodge stuff when the camera is turning and and that's yeah man i i was like i i rented a quite a few things because i was like i think i'm gonna make it no nope, yeah. i just i i clipped that thing yeah. yeah so every once in a while during it's like the a game, much prettier gummy ship <laughs> from kingdom hearts oh don't don't give me flashbacks to flying the gummy ship yeah, yeah. i'm gonna do it yep yeah, okay yep but they escape and then like right outside the junkyard is the novacorp ship waiting to to arrest them the, the ship's name is Hollis hope and the the commander of it is Corel, uh, who arrests them, and uh, she and Peter have had a thing in the past, and you know they just kind of they're they antagonize each other a little bit, and uh, then like while Peter tries to escape from them uh, after they've been arrested, he runs into Nikki, who is uh, Corel's daughter, and you know she she kind of befriends him. They they act like they're pretty cool together. And you can either choose, you can choose in this conversation to either ignore the fact that she is about the age that Peter and Corel had a thing together, or you can just kind of play it off and, and like admit that like, Hey, she might be my, my daughter. Uh, what did you do in that point? Um, so on that one, when you're speaking to Corel, I said, uh, I, I did the, the options are like, do the math or ignore the math. And I did the yeah. math and it's, and he's like, so. You have a daughter that's 12 <laughs> and the war was 12 years ago. And Coral's just like, Peter. but then before she could say anything about it, like you get interrupted. Yeah. Yeah. So, which, which I, yeah. But I, I knew right away, but I ignored the math. I, I, yeah, I was like, yeah. th- now is not the time to talk about that. He's just been arrested. Yeah. By the way, like when they're talking about what the, what contraband they found on the ship, she says that like, you know, we, we found this and this like, before the before they get boarded by Hollis Hope, you can choose like what you hide. You either hide yeah. Rocket's like pile of junk that he's he's gotten together, or you hide the llama. And I was yeah. trying to and decide that's, that's when I when I mentioned earlier about Drax and like really early on, that's what I was referring to. Because yeah. I chose to hide the llama, and you're like Drax, go hide the llama. And he's like, okay. And you're talking to Corel, and it seems like things are fine. And then Drax walks in with a box that says don't touch highly illegal. And he's like, <laughs> Hey, what should I do with this box of illegal things that I found? Oh man. I, I couldn't believe it. I, so like I ran out of time trying to de- decide which one to do. You? So I didn't hide either one of those. And like when she's talking to Peter, she says, we found contraband Pete parts on your ship and a dangerous animal. And Peter says, yeah, I couldn't decide which one to hide. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hid the llama. Um, and then during that thing later, she was just like, I mean, because you're like, hey, let me, you know, whatever the fine is, I'll pay it. And she's like, it's this much, which actually does change depending on what you hide. Yeah. Um, and and you're like, why is it that much? And she's like, well, we found this cache of illegal weapons on board <laughs> because I hid the llama. Yeah. Um, yeah. And actually, that does come into that can come into play later where if you hide the weapons instead of the llama, the Milano actually gets some extra firepower for oh, wow. in the game. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So. so during during space fights, there there are a few of them. I didn't feel like my ship was underpowered at all, so I don't mind no. losing that stuff. But having the llama around was actually pretty funny. 
And what's strange is that they didn't confiscate it. I thought they did, but they didn't. So we found this thing. We'll let you have it, though. Yeah, yeah. When we picked up your ship, part of me was excited. At first. But then after all this time, you haven't changed. At all. You're still the same. I've changed. Whatever the fine is, I'll pay. Just give me three cycles. Let me prove that I'm not still whatever it is you're going to finish that sentence with. You're going to pay 8,000 units in three cycles? Wow, okay, that is a lot of money. I was thinking that maybe... The fine's non-negotiable. My search party found a Class II biohazard wandering around your ship. That's all they found, right? Okay, okay, you'll get your money on time, no problem. This Guardians of the Galaxy thing, we are this close to getting it off the ground. And if I didn't have these handcuffs on, I would show you just how very close we are. Why do I feel like I'll regret this? Oh, come on. When have I ever... You won't regret it! Promise. So they get fined, and they decide to try to pay that off by selling either Rocket or Groot to Lady Hellbender. You can choose which one. Who did you choose? Um, no, this, this part, this is, uh, this is actually a little bit before this. There's a running gag throughout the game where Drax keeps trying to get us to go fight Fin Fang Foom. That's right. Yeah. And when you're yeah. trying to decide how to make the money, one of the <laughs> options is, Hey, let's listen to Drax. And he's like, we go fight Fin Fang Foom, the most dreadful thing in the universe. And wouldn't that be a glorious death? And you're like, we don't want to die, Drax. No, no, no. We, we just need to sell. We need to but, sell something to Lady Hellbender and then we'll steal that person back. Who are we going to sell? Yeah. 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 This this one I sold. Uh, this playthrough, I sold Groot. Okay. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Because I played it a couple times, but I sold. I think the first time I did sell, I tried to sell Rocket and completely different. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No. I'll, I'll have to play it again at some point and see what happens with mm-hmm. Rocket. But when when you go in and try and sell whoever you have with her, I, I loved how Drax kind of starts to flirt with her. And you yeah. can get Drax to flirt with her enough to get a good price. And, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't really matter because then Groot tells her, Lady Hellbender what the whole plan is. But uh, before then, she she it's it made me laugh really hard to just have Drax like take over the team and like actually court her which is it, it was just a great scene to see yeah but eventually they escape and uh they try to contact Novacore uh because they do get paid by Lady Hellbender before they escape and when they get to this space station where the the Novacore is uh there's no one there and th- there are some some officers but they have defected from Novacore and they are now part of this cult that is uh is there on on the space station rocket keeps insisting that they leave and starts to resent peter for making them explore the space station and i felt like this is where rocket's uh personality starts to get kind of grating you know he he's just kind of a whiner i thought yeah he's just like we need to leave we need to leave we need to leave and it's you're like bro like like peter clearly he he knew he knows corell there and now he knows nikki corell's daughter and he's like I want to like I want to find these two. It's not like we need to save the ship. It's like I have these people that I want to find here. 
Yeah. We need to find them. And Rocket's like, yeah, but I don't want to. <laughs> and he's just like stomping his feet the entire time and whining. He's like, no, we need to leave. There's this here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then the rest of the game, he's talking about how he loves being in like firefights and, and like, you know, blowing things up. But now that you have the option to, he's like, no, I want to leave because it's on a Nova Corps ship. Yeah, I, I think he's, just he a, he's afraid of what he doesn't know. And, yeah. you know, that that's it, it's just frustrating to to continuously hear him whine about that. But they they eventually like fight their way out of this because the the remaining Nova Corps officers are part of a cult that are trying to kill them. And uh, they go to nowhere, which is the the giant celestial head that is being mined out. And in this particular version of Guardians, it's in under control of Cosmo, who is, uh, you know, the the cute little um, uh, Cosmo dog that I think he's a is he he's not a German shepherd. He's, he's a golden retriever. Golden retriever. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Talks to them with uh, like a Russian accent uh, telepathically. I, I thought that was very funny. But yeah. before you you run into Cosmo, you go into a bar where Rocket and and Groot are hanging out in, and Peter gets accosted by this other character named Lipless, who claims to know him, and says that he's going to shoot him if he can't sing their battle song. Uh, yeah. Which like at first <laughs> at first I could not come up with the lyrics because you have to choose certain responses to to then sing to him. And I was laughing so hard at some of the responses that I wasn't paying attention to the timer that was counting down and I missed a few of the first ones. But I eventually well, that timer is brutal. It is, yeah. We need but, a yeah, like for all of them, that timer is so fast. Yeah. So you really yeah. have to just make a quick decision. And yeah. like it's not like in Mass Effect where you can just like take all your time to really think about what you're gonna say. You know, you really just have to to think quick. But I eventually convinced Lipless that I know the song and I recognize him because obviously Peter doesn't, but he just, he lies and says that he does. And you get one of his friends to just like, you know, sing along with him. So you, you do run into Cosmo and then Cosmo says you should go back to the, uh, the Hollis Hope and really find out what's going on and find Corel and Nikki uh, if you're that concerned about them. So it, I, I think Cosmo is also pretty concerned about this cult that's that's cropping up on the the ship as well. So he sends them through, what was it called? It's the continuum cortex. Continuum cortex, yeah. which this is like I, I was wondering, like why is Cosmo sending them through this thing? But no matter, it's it's still really cool. Uh it's like this giant telepath, like this giant translucent hand that picks them up and takes them through a portal that travels through some other dimension. And there's, there's like other dimensions that it can reach through and you hear different references to other Marvel properties that are related to guardians. And this is something that you thought you wanted to highlight. Like this is a really cool moment. I thought too. Um, Oh yeah. This is, this is one of those dumb, fan service things that i (laughs) will always love where you're just like oh they said the thing of the other thing you know but yeah as you're 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 kind of standing on this hand as it's bringing you to your destination and you can you can't see anything you just hear things and one of them you hear avengers assemble yeah and they they actually remark about what you're hearing yeah and he's like avengers is that earth and and yeah it's it's just one of those dumb fan service things that i i will always go crazy for 
But yeah. there was that. I think there's something about like like you kind of hear like a Spider Man. You hear something about Earth, and that that kind of piques Peter's interest because, as far as I can tell, he hasn't been back to Earth. It's kind of like you know in the movies, um, in the character, like he doesn't gone back to Earth since he's left. Right. Um, right. But yeah, uh, you you also hear Thanos's voice at some point. Yeah. And by now you've learned that Drax was the one who killed Thanos. And allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> He doesn't remember doing it, but he was the one who who killed Thanos in a rage because Thanos killed his family. You, you get all these cool references and then taken back to the Hollow's Hope through this portal. And you, you have to search the ship again to, to find them, fight your way through a few other things. And Drax has now decided that he is going to report back to Cosmo everything that he sees. But he is making mental notes for, for everything he sees. And like verbally, he's he's verbalizing them as he's making them, uh, always starting these comments with dog report. And and like that, that phrase is just constantly repeated as you're going through the ship. He's just constantly saying like dog report. Uh, there, there are no survivors here found so far. And it, it's, it's very funny. Uh, he's also kind of annoying for, for Rocket. And uh, at one point, Peter does tell him to stop, but he doesn't. And uh, he just keeps going, and and throughout the rest of the game, almost you all, you occasionally hear him go dog report, and then say something else. Yeah, I love Drax. Yeah, he's so good. They eventually get to the the bridge of the ship. They see a video of the the Novacore team walking around the junkyard area that they were in, and Corel uh, picks up the glowing yellow stone that we saw earlier. And this shadow monster latches itself onto her and seemingly kills her. They also find records that that allude to Peter being Nikki's father. And and at this point, you can admit that they're related. And so as they're they're thinking, like, we got to find a way to rescue Nikki and possibly Corel if she's still alive. But at the same time, the Guardians are kind of like, hey, man, you got a daughter. How about that? And they start commenting on that. Again, getting kind of funny, but also kind of getting a little bit darker in terms of the tone. Yeah, well, they're trying to like keep the light in, you yeah. know, with everything else around them. Like, hey, yeah, all this shit's happening, but hey, you got a daughter. Let's <laughs> let's hope she's alive. So then they they also run into some spots where like there's this giant tractor beam that is firing at a planet nearby, and it is like sucking energy into a bunch of batteries and they're, they're just kind of like, well, this is really weird. Uh, they, they don't at any point say, how do we shut this down? They just say like, Oh, well, whatever, we got to figure out what's going on. So I, I was just kind of like, like you guys probably want to deal with that. Right. But they just kind of go on their merry way. And see, I think that kind of fits the, the characters though. Really? Because the reason that they came back is because they're trying to find Corel and Nikki you know, not even necessarily trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, yeah, we need to find these two. And now we found this video of, of, of Corel. So now we're trying to find these. Oh yeah, there's shit happening over there, but that's <laughs> not why we came here. We came here for our own wants, not to fix everything. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. They eventually find, uh, I, I forget like how this transition happens, but like eventually there's the, the high priest Ravik, who was also caught in the the forbidden zone 
uh, looking for his golden god, as he put it. He confronts them, and then this giant ship engulfs the Hala's Hope, the ship that they were exploring. It's so massive that it's like the Star Destroyer that eats Princess Leia's ship. And it's just kind of like this massive thing that is now capturing Hala's hope. And now correct me. And I, I can't remember exactly. I think it is, but at the, at the beginning, after you get caught and you're in the Hala's hope for the first time, um, you actually see, uh, unifier and like his ship. Yeah. And they're like, why, you know, and it's kind of just like a background thing where you see, he's like, Oh Yeah. Uh, obviously nothing's going to work. It runs on this thing called faith energy and we were out there finding our God. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's just kind of arguing. And at that point you see him and you're just like, Oh, this is just like some fucking old guy just being weird. Or maybe and then something on the, sh- something on his ship blows up and that kind of, kind of sets into motion some other stuff. Yeah. So I think it was that, I think it's that ship unless I'm mistaken that then now it works. And now that's, what's uh kind of, you know, eating up Hollis hope. Yeah, but I love that you kind of see this stuff in the background as literally you can pay attention to it if you want, or you don't have to because it's just something that's happening in the world that ends up coming back and being, you know, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. remember seeing that guy a while ago. Yeah, and if you don't understand what's happening, then you might not recognize what's what's going on. Like, like I had no idea that like this guy was going to come back. I didn't really recognize mm-hmm. the the shadow monster coming out of the stone at, at first to be like this this big thing, but. Yeah. You know, looking back, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so that's what it was. And playing it a second time, I imagine, would would really help cement that. So Ravik, the high priest, brings everyone on board to meet the queen mother, who everyone is worshiping. And he builds her up like she's going to be like this big, terrible, like terrifying thing. And it's actually Nikki, who has been captured by them and is now sort of under their spell, but is also their leader. Uh, but but like this relationship between her and Ravik is very nebulous. Like we don't really understand what's going on. But Nikki brings them into like this vision called the promise. And we, we only get like Peter's vision, but Peter is reunited with his mother and all of the other guardians are at his house for dinner. I thought this was really cool how you get to explore the house again as adult Peter. Uh, but then, you know, you're hanging out in the the backyard of the house and you can have him try to resist his mom and say, this isn't real, but it kind of forces you to accept it. How many times did you actually like try and push her away? I tried I, four or five times. Cause I, I kind of, you know, you, you kind of understand what you have to do, yeah. but you're just like, it just, this once again, you know, this game's funny. And we talked about it earlier about how it does have some like really big emotional beats. This yeah. was one of them. This was, yeah. was you see, you know, once it's, it's, it's that thing where like the hero sees what they want, but they know it isn't real. Yeah. And, and you have to, you're now the one in control of having to kind of break it. But even as you're playing, you're like, no, he, but the, like, he's, he's so happy, you know, you don't want to take it away from yeah. him, but it's not real. It's not. And, and I and tried, like, I tried fighting it for, for quite a while and trying to just like push her away and be like, no, 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 this isn't real. And just trying not to do what I had to do. Yeah. She kept, but she kept like embracing him. And I, I would like constantly like try and push her away or do something. And after a while she started to repeat the lines. And so I was like, well, yeah. 
what else can I do? And then, and then like buttons wouldn't even respond. And so there was nothing he could do, but just accept it. And then the credits roll for the game. And I was like, uh, well, hold on. And the option pops up to say, rethink your decision. And then he can actually like keep pushing her away. It goes back to them in the backyard. He keeps pushing her away and then like can pull out your gun and start to shoot her, which I was like, do I have to do this? Okay. And start shooting at her. And you see the shadow monster in the bullet holes, which was, was like, okay, this is really what, like, I understand what's going on now. And you have to find a way to get Peter to reject her. Peter, I am so proud of you. Your father would be so proud. I, I, I don't understand. I, I saw you die. Am I... Did I go back? You are here. That's all that matters. We have all the time in the world now. You and me. And your friends, too. My friends? Sure. The house is plenty big enough. And I want to meet this amazing team of yours and hear all about your incredible adventures. <laughs> that is... You don't know how bad I've wanted this. Oh, nothing will ever break us apart. I promise, Peter. I promise. So they all break out of this hypnosis eventually and then fight their way off the ship. And Gamora gets separated from them. She says that she's going to go off and fight Ravik. The other guardians just like get shot out of a, a like a trash chute into space and they get picked up by the Milano. By the way, who's piloting the Milano? <laughs> How did they get back onto the Milano? Because they were brought here through the, the cortex. So um, it was Alyssa. So, oh, yeah, right. Who's Alyssa? Yeah. <laughs> Alyssa. Alyssa's flying the Milano. <laughs> yeah. And I think also the Gamora leaving, that's another choice that you have that can make a little difference later on in the game. Okay. Yeah. 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 I let so, her go. Yeah. You like, can either let her go or you can ask her to stay, but it, it does. It does. It's really small later on, but it does yeah. kind of. But like come at, later. at the beginning of the next chapter, she, she does show up and she has brought back with her uh, Ravik's right, or is it, it was his left arm. She has cut yeah, off his left like arm his and just yeah. brought it back. So was that the only change? Um, well, it actually comes into play later during kind of the, the, the last boss fight where, yeah. because now he's missing an arm, it's, he's, he's a little weaker. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. That's good to know. So, um, yeah. yeah, they decide like, okay, well we need to go to Nova Corp's head, like commander and try and convince them that they need to do something about this. I was not able to convince them. You can just like choose dialogue and I guess I didn't choose the right stuff, but uh it leaves and um like peter and and everybody else are just kind of like well what do we do now and they're just kind of distraught they decide to get some some sleep and when peter wakes up drax has been brainwashed by the cult now and uh locks everyone in their room and says that he's going to pilot the ship back to sacrosanct the the cult's like big ship that they were just on to get the bunk doors open that everyone is locked in, you have to like do this, this fun, like singing mini game where you control who is singing in what bunk to coax the llama around and chew up the wires that are going to trigger the doors to open. Yeah, Ed Sheeran loves music. <laughs> you know, we've said it before. We know it. 
again, the, on the couch, my wife was watching me and she started to laugh uh, at this because yeah. this is like really funny to to then like hear. And, and it's great how the, the, the llama will follow Groot's voice and Peter's voice. But if Rocket starts singing, it just starts to like run away from it. And so like you have to like kind of pilot this llama around the the room and use them to to like either uh repel or attract the the llama in certain directions. Um that this was great. This and I have to admit I did make Rocket sing a little extra just to to hear that terrible voice. Yeah. Uh <laughs> This is a fun this yeah. is a fun moment. Really good injection of levity uh moments but yeah uh they they find out that drax has not actually piloted the ship to sacrosanct he's taken it to lamentis which is a planet that i think mantis is from and he like runs away from them and mantis uh shows up and has now like revealed that she was the one that brought drax here she she kind of simulated this cult in his mind and brought him here instead of letting him be susceptible to the cult because she has the same kind of power as Dr. Strange where she can see thousands of possible futures and knows that Drax is going to fall prey to the promise and she wants to to help prevent that so she's kind of like mentally brainwashed him from a distance yeah she's like um as we we've obviously we know Mantis from the movies who in the movies has, you know, like the power to kind of change minds by touch and that yeah. stuff. This version of Mantis has the same powers, but is much more uh, like confident yeah. and is like in control and not, you know, just like, Oh, what's happening? You know, Kurt Russell, why are you here? <laughs> you know, like she's just, she's in command of what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that, that kind of difference of, you know, some of these other characters, you know, feel similar. Obviously they still feel, you know, unique, but Mantis was a character that I wasn't expecting to see something this different out of. Yeah. Yeah. And the character I, I loved having the character around. I loved her personality too, with like how she's constantly commenting on the other futures that she's seen. And the, the guardians will ask her like, Oh, wait a second. I, how did I die in that one? She's like, Oh, you don't want to know it. It's, it's pretty graphic. Or they're just like, well, wait a second. How many times have I died? She's like, I stopped counting at about 50. They were like 50. Wow. That she's like, Oh no, I mean 50,000. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my God, like this is great. At one point, uh, they get attacked and she just, she says, Oh no, this is the one that I fail. Like, <laughs> it's like, Oh great. So you know that, that this is the future where it's it, things don't go right. And so we, we got here, but they fight their way down through this cave where they, she says that like there's the the place where they can fix Drax down there at the bottom of this cave. And as you're fighting through it, there's like this fog that conjures up enemies. And uh, they it doesn't tell you this at first, but it's pretty obvious that whatever the Guardians say is going to attack comes at them and attacks. Like in Ghostbusters, you, you know, mm-hmm. the Guardian has come, choose and perish, that kind of thing. But at the bottom of the cave, you find Adam Warlock who Mantis says can help save Drax. And yeah, let's speak about a golden God. Yeah. <laughs> am I right? Woo. Jesus. Yeah. 
they go into Drax's mind and uh, they have to kind of like show him that the the promise is not real and there there's this monster that's taking control of his mind. This is where that that song came in that like this is the perfect fight for this song. Yeah. Inside Drax's mind, you have to fight Thanos. And the more you fight him, the more he duplicates himself. Mantis keeps saying that you can't give in to Drax's struggle, but the actual solution to this puzzle isn't that well telegraphed. You just have to lose the fight, but it's really easy to just keep fighting. So it doesn't really tell you, it doesn't make it that easy to just stop fighting. Just kind of get through it. Yeah. But I think, I think if you go into a huddle in this moment, it comes up with wake me up before you go, go by wham. And it's just so funny to be running around shooting at 20 different versions of Thanos while listening to that song. And, and it's just so bump uh, bouncy and, and fun to, to have that as you're like, you know, running around and slamming like Drax down on top of Thanos's head or whatever. So, uh, this was the, the perfect song. This was, was what made that song my favorite out of the whole soundtrack. Yeah. Just perfect moment for it. Yeah. Once again, that's, that's, it's the idea that you're, you're in Drax's mind and you're having to fight one of the biggest, you know, threats that, that we know of. Yeah. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? Give him some fucking wham. <laughs> Wake like, me up before you yeah. go. <laughs> and like, it's just such an, such a terrible thought of, you know, we have to help our friend and go into his mind and basically live his nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. But the levity of Wham is it makes it yeah. much more palatable. And after that fight, you do see some of these these horrible nightmares that he is trying to avoid where he's with his his wife and daughter and they're just kind of hanging out there in, in the, the dark and like there there's nothing else there with him. But eventually you have to convince Drac that they're not real and he has to admit that yeah, they're they're dead. And he needs to accept that. But yeah. like this, this is another great character moment that made me love him too, because it really just gave him another side rather than just, you know, those, those funny one-liners that come up during, uh, during fights that he doesn't understand. It's, it's really good to, to kind of get this, not necessarily softer side of Drax, because mm-hmm. I don't think his personality necessarily changes. You just kind of see, you get to see what, he's fighting for and why he's fighting. Yeah. yeah and then helps. once again, it's, it's like Peter's promise where you're like, I know, you know, we know what we have to do, but it's just so unfair. Yeah. Yeah. Later on, we get other character moments that reveal what some of the other characters saw in their promise. Like, uh, Gamora's is one of the most heartbreaking. I thought was where she saw Nebula, her sister. And she said that I knew it wasn't real because that was not, the nebula that I knew nebula had been so corrupted by Thanos that Gamora had to be the one to kill her. And you know, the, the nebula that she saw in the promise was this wonderful person that she missed and that she loved. And that was not the nebula that she turned out to be. Yeah. So, which once again, that's a, those, that's a storyline that, you know, from, from all the movies, Mm Mm-hmm. You're yeah. like, oh no, Nebula, you know, kind of comes around and they become friends. But in this universe, she doesn't, she, she wasn't able to kind of overcome what Thanos put her through and just, yeah. 
uh, they, they wake up Drax, though, and he's he's now freed of the, the promise and understands that it's not real. They also leave the cave with Adam Warlock. And as they're leaving, he explains what this shadowy creature was. It's actually his darker self called Malak that was extracted from him when the soul stone was removed from his head by Ravik, who is now the, the high priest of the church. And the way they showed this exposition was really cool. I thought this was, you know, rather than just have someone talking as you're walking through the cave, they actually like animated this really well. And hmm. uh, like it, it was something unique that we don't ever see anywhere else in the game. Yeah. Which, yeah, love, love when once again, like the games kind of kind of play with their own features and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's not how I want to say it. but. Like earlier with in Peter's promise where you accept it and then the credits start rolling. Oh, wait, no. Are you sure you want to do that? You know, or very early on with the with the the boss fight thing at the very beginning where, you know, the smoke monster kills it. You know, just kind of playing with the mechanics of the game or playing with the world in a different way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But then that's not I'm not expecting that again. It's just like, oh, cool. That was here. That's awesome. Great. That worked right now. I don't need it everywhere. This is cool, though. Yeah. Yeah. They go back to to nowhere to try and check on Cosmo. He's also part of the promise. You can uh, fight your way to him and then try and wake him up as well. Uh, and uh, what do you know what the difference is between either like showing him the promise or not? Um, I don't think there's much of a difference unless I'm mistaken, because I, I remember that I did. Yeah, I did save him. Um, and I made sure I did because I was like, there's nobody else in this game that I give a shit about <laughs> right now besides Cosmo. Um, I love the good doggo. <laughs> yeah. 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 But whether or not you save him, I think there is a, a small change and I think I figured out what it was and, and I'll talk about that in a few minutes, but Adam Warlock gets captured by Ravik after trying to confront him and rocket shoots him in the butt with a tracker. That I thought that was kind of awkward. I was like, dude, what are you doing? Why? What? But he doesn't reveal at the time that it was a tracker. He just kind of shoots him and snarkily makes a comment. They they get to the, the, the cortex and find that Nikki is using it to spread the promise throughout the entire galaxy and then siphon off energy from everyone to power up these batteries. You fight your way and then like shut it down and... Peter tries to convince Nikki that this is all a lie, but she doesn't listen. And she leaves with Ravik, uh, who now in my version has one arm. Thanks to Gamora. Mm-hmm. Peter and everybody kind of get the idea like, okay, what are we doing? And there's that one moment of when they're sitting on the ship and they are all talking about what are we going to do? And they're passing ideas around and the llama starts to make noise. I knew right away. It's like, oh, the llama somehow has the answer. What is this creature really? It's just a, yeah. it's just an animal. But they get the idea that <laughs> animals themselves aren't susceptible to the promise. So the llama really isn't that special. But it does give them an idea of something else to do, and that idea is to try and recruit Lady Hellbender, who wants them dead for lying to her, and use her animal army to fight the the. United Church of Truth uh, being led by Ravik. And to do that, to try and court Lady Hellbender, they decide, okay, we're going to go with Drax's original idea and go fight the legendary dragon 
Fing fang foom. Fing fang foom. <laughs> Hold on. What if the answer's been slobbering right in front of us this entire time? This beast cannot operate a ship. That's not what I'm saying. Think about it. Cammy's pretty much useless to us, but she's also useless to the church. They want people to brainwash. I bet animals aren't even on their radar. They went after Cosmo. Cosmo's mind is way more advanced than ours. His intelligence makes him weak to the promise, just like Rocket. Thanks, but not an animal. What I'm saying is we know someone with an entire beast army, and I bet Raker hasn't even looked twice at her. How can you be certain she is not one of them? Guardians of the gut! Nope, she's good. You do realize she still wants to flay us and feed us to her babies? Guys, this is it. Okay, our one last long shot. We've got to find a way to apologize and make things right. Okay, we'll, we'll get her a gift. A peace offering. Groot ain't going back in a cage. No, nope. think bigger. Way bigger. The one beast that you'd want more than any other. Drax knows what I'm talking about. Oh, yes! Oh, no, 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 no. Here it comes! You know where we're going. To Maklufor! To battle the legendary Fin Fang Foom! Perfect, like, callback to earlier in the game. Oh, yeah. just so obsessed with it. <laughs> and, oh, God, when we went to fight him, I was so happy. So they go down to this, like, ice planet and you you finally find fing fang foom and this fight is kind of like okay well it's just another fight against you know some other enemy but you know are we really trying to fight and and capture him or are we trying to kill him because the whole fight you're, you're kind of behaving like you're trying to kill him mm -hmm. but then i you know yeah i'm not sure i think i i don't think i i want to say they're trying to kill it to kind of prove the lady hellbender well, no, they, they keep um, their, their conversation, their banter all the way down to it is just like, we're trying to capture him. And then Drax okay. continuously says, well, we're going to kill Fing Fang Foom. And, and Peter has to correct him all the time saying like, we're not yeah, going to kill okay, him. Okay. But the yeah. fight, the fight ends with we you killing Fing Fang Foom. We don't want death, Drax. <laughs> and then. Lady Hellbender shows up right at that moment because she has been summoned by Mantis to come in and like meet them because like, you know, they're, they're going to have something good for her. And she sees that they've killed this sacred animal and is like furious with them. But then Groot has this power to revive the dragon and she, and, and then she sees that like, Oh, maybe you guys aren't so bad. And she decides to ally with them in exchange for Fing Fang Foom, who is now her pet. Yeah. This was uh, one of those things with like, okay, well, I, I do really like Lady Hellbender. I hope she's she's cool with them. But I could see a sequel where she becomes like the main villain. But I mean, I, I can't <laughs> see a sequel because Square Enix sucks. I would oh, love yeah. to. Yeah. But game underperformed sales wise. Yeah. Th this is this game is worthy of much more. So you've got Lady Hellbender on your side and the Guardians make an assault on Sacrosanct and the lead up to this fight was really cool where you are flying the Milano toward the the Sacrosanct through the battle and every once in a while you have the option of 
like shooting some ships and stuff. And it felt like this would be a really cool game to just fly around the ship and and like shoot stuff. But, you know, right now, the priority is not to fly around and shoot stuff. It's to land on on the sacrosanct. So I, I spent I felt like I was being pulled in a couple of different directions of like, you know, this could be fun to to play around here, but we should continue the story. So let's go land over there. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think like the the ship now just feels much better than it does like yeah. earlier in the game when you're trying to escape from the quarantine zone. You've also um, got you've got like full control of wherever it flies. Yeah. And so now it's, yeah. it's like you can fly wherever you want and it's, it feels a lot better, but yeah. you do like when you get close enough to the sacrosanct, it lands and you start to fight on foot against, you know, this huge army of converted that are now under the control of the, of the church. At one point during one of these fights, as you're making your way to Adam Warlock, there is, there's like this huge army of, converted that are coming for you and cosmo shows up piloting nowhere and shoots them using nowhere's like giant weapons and just cancels out the entire fight yeah this this is what happens if you don't convince him so if you don't if you don't convince him you have to like actually have to do that that fight fight yourself yeah that's what i suspect was going to happen and i was like okay this is pretty awesome i wonder would that have happened also if the world mind had showed up too. if I had convinced them to, to join the fight, you know, would there the be world another mind fight? does, does show up. Um, I think it's, I think it's a very similar thing. Yeah. Kind of there's, I don't remember exactly when it happens, but if you, uh, get it to doubt its own logic or whatever, yeah. it will show up later. Kind of the same thing where, where it shows up during a big fight, wipes out a bunch of enemies for you. Yeah. Where if you don't do it, then you just have to do that fight. I can't remember exactly where it's at, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But okay, so after that fight, or not fight, you free Adam Warlock from his his chains and then go after uh, Nikki and try and stop this ritual that they're performing in some kind of machine. But when you get there, it's too late, and Nikki sends out a pulse and tries to, like, stun everybody. And then Peter somehow gets sucked into her promise, her version of the vision that she's seeing. And in hers, she is on the ship, Hollis Hope, preparing a birthday party for her mom, Corel. And Peter gets to speak to Corel for a moment alone because like there's something knocking at the door wanting to get in. And Peter finds out that it's just a remnant of Corel's soul that is trapped there uh, in Nikki's mind. And she tells Peter that Nikki is not his daughter and she's a a war orphan that Corel was, was raising. So Peter just kind of has to come to that realization that, you know, he doesn't really have a daughter, but Nikki is still someone that he cares about. He, he had, he realizes he has to convince her of all people that she has to accept that her mom is dead and to deal with her grief and reject the promise. This is the scene that almost made me cry because he's he's talking about dealing with his own mom's death and how he has to deal with that emotion. And that's a scene that that we saw much earlier, but uh, you know, his mom was, was killed when Shatari invaded earth uh, on his birthday. And 
captured him because he's like uh, some royalty on another planet that he doesn't know about. But, you know, he's he's sitting there with Nikki trying to tell her exactly what he's gone through. And you have to choose the right the right dialogue to to get her to accept that her mom is gone, too. The the whole thing with him, like lighting a candle for her and saying it's like a, a tribute was it, it was like the best part of that, that whole thing. And uh, as I'm watching this, I'm thinking this is like one of the best stories and games that I've seen. Mm-hmm. I love this. Yeah. whole The whole like you're like going through the apartment, helping her set up for this. Yeah. Like surprise party for her mom. Yeah. Um, There's the. And if if unless am I mistaken, Nikki's like calling him dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or she'd not. Yeah. Like, so she's like, dad, we need to do this for mom and help her and help mom, dad, dad. And once again, that's just kind of pulling at the heartstrings of he he kind of accepts. Okay, I've got a daughter. I need to do this. And then she keeps saying dad. And he's like, fuck, yeah, I've got a daughter. And then he <laughs> finds out. No, you don't. Yeah. Um. But she is like, no, dad, let's do this, dad. And because this is he's got to pull away from that and get her out of that. Yeah. In her perfect world, Peter and Corel are together. They are mom and dad Mm -hmm. for her. And this is what makes her feel the most at home, the most comfortable. And that's what the the promise is is lying to her about. And so Peter, which like you've you've got to imagine then that you know this is a bit of on a tangent and kind of just going into like maybe psychology stuff, but. The fact that her perfect world is Corel and Star-Lord being her parents and she met Star-Lord like a day and a half before. Mm-hmm. You've got to think that for, you know, most of her life, she's she's kind of she's had Corel, but she's obviously never had a father and she didn't know who her father was. And the moment that she kind of thinks that she's met her father or there's somebody who could be her father, she just latches on to Star-Lord immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's not like they grew up together. Now she's like, oh, I wish you were mad. No, it's I met you a couple days ago and you made such an impression on me and like believed in me in, you know, that certain that part that now in my perfect world, you've kind of taken that one or you've you've given me that thing that I never had. And I fully accept it. And this is this is perfection is you as my father, because I never had a father, but you're the guy. So the imprint that that star lord makes on her that fast just kind of shows what what type of kind of mindset that she's probably been in for her entire life yeah of not having that father figure that that's such a beautiful connection because like she is she has just met this guy you know only a couple of days ago as you said and he was probably at least the the interaction that i i felt like they had together was where he treated her like she was an equal, not a, not a child. Yeah. And she probably really connected with that. And, and that's what made her bring him into this. You know, it, it was just such a beautiful moment, but, uh, Peter is also told by Corel that you need to break her out of this thing. And so you need to break the promise itself. And so he has to go to the birthday present. And he smashes that. Um, I had him walk over to the birthday cake and right then, Carrie next to me on the on the couch just goes, no, don't do it. <laughs> it's like, look, the oh no, the, the, this is the one I, where I'm I gonna, fail. Gonna smash the birthday cake, but like she doesn't want me to. But this is this is how yeah. the story goes. So, yeah. uh, I I did feel really bad for for smashing the present and the birthday cake, but like that's how he starts to break her out of that. 
Mom will still come. It's not real, Nikki. None of this is real. I hate you! You're not my dad! You're not my... Yeah, kiddo. I know. You ruined it. You ruined everything! Mom was gonna come in and... and... All I want is to see her. Whatever walks through that door... Won't be your mom. You don't know that. Well, there's a lot I don't know. How to keep my foot out of my mouth. How to not get arrested. How to console a 12-year-old whose very legitimate grief might just destroy the galaxy. But this... The promise, Nick. I know a con when I see one. This isn't about you. You're right. I'm not gonna pretend to know what you're going through or what you're feeling. I don't even know what I'm feeling. It's like... empty... and heavy at the same time. I keep seeing her, but then as soon as I focus, I... Is this what it's always gonna be like? I don't know. It's different for everyone. But there was no one like your mom. She really, really loved you. I need her back. I don't care if it's not real. I need things to go back to how they were, even if it means making the same stupid game for all stupid eternity. Just the thought that she might come back is better than admitting that she never will. And that... And then it's all my fault. If I hadn't distracted her... I know what you're doing. I did the same thing. guilt about the way it happened instead of... It's not the same. And even if it is... I know, I... It's just hard to see you go through what I went through. There's so many things I wish I could go back and tell myself. the line, Nick. All I can tell you is me. I don't think it's her. I think it's a very bad thing that wants to eat the entire galaxy. And you know your mom? For all her faults. She's not the galaxy eating type. It doesn't matter what I think, because it's not my promise. I can't destroy it for you. So let's just say that the creepy thing at the door is not my mom. 
I can do that. I still don't know how... How does anyone... Am I just supposed to smash cakes all day? <laughs> Breaking stuff is pretty cathartic. There's other ways. What are you doing? It's an earth thing. My mom taught me. The idea is that you light something to remember someone. To pay tribute. It's not magic or anything. It doesn't bring anyone back, but you know, it's it's a gesture. A small thing in the face of a very bad thing. Sometimes that's all we have. Eventually, he does convince her, and they they break out of this. She breaks out of the machine that is gathering up all the energy from the universe, and then Adam Warlock jumps into it and uh, starts to suck in Malik, the giant shadow monster that is above them. And wow. He said suck in, not suck off. <laughs> right, you perverts. Jesus. <laughs> Uh, and, and then at the same time, there's Ravik flying around fighting you, which also like the naming conventions that they've come up with. They need to have a little more variety, I think, because there's Malik, there's Ravik, there's Adam Warlock. OK, too many K's. All right. Well, I mean, Malik was part of Warlock. Remember? That's true. Yeah. But then again, Corel or Corel. Cor- there's we, we need to say Corel. It's not core dash L. She's not of house L. Yeah. She's not a super person. She's not right. She's Corel. Okay. And then, and then there's Nikki who has two K's in her name by the, okay. So like there's, there are too many names in this, this game that sound so similar. It's hard to keep track of the characters. That's well, what there's a saying. lot of K's. You're right. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're not wrong. Really, really quick. Um, this part, I think I want to say it's when they get to, to Sacrosanct. Is this when they get the, like those like end of game outfits? Yeah. Like the matching outfits. Yeah. Is that all okay. white and gold? Yeah. They're all white and gold. Yeah. Did you get the, uh, the little, um, note thing about that earlier on in the game? Just, uh, oh yeah. Like, so did you they, see that? they did, they had these other outfits that they commissioned from some other guy and rocket had said in the note to his outfit. He said like, I asked for something that was like, like gold. I didn't ask for something yeah. that was gold. This is super yeah. expensive. Yeah, it's like it's like we want people to 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 look at us and think that we have money. We don't want to be wearing <laughs> the money on our arms. Yeah, and you know what? Maybe we'll test these out, and if they're good, I'll give you six percent of what I offered. P.S. These things look fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> those are the the. And blue I, and- I remembered reading that like when when I got these these costumes, like oh yeah. that's cool. Why do we have? Oh, that was that note from you know ten yeah. hours ago. Um. Yeah. All right. So then I. Uh, like they, they defeat Ravik and Adam Warlock sucks in the shadow monster Malik and they start to leave the ship. Everyone's cheering them on because everyone's been broken of the promise. 
and like they're they're all like out of the cult now the credits start to roll and every once in a while in the credits you see the name malik and it flashes and then changes back to what the credit name should have been i thought this was going to be an allusion to like you know what's going to happen in the sequel like oh malik's yeah. going to come back at some point so yeah like malik's still out there somehow yeah yeah, yeah like you know and and like there's going to be a post post credit scene where like the shadow monster floats off in space toward a planet or something. But there is a post credit scene where Adam Warlock is on the Milano with the guardians and he's staring off in space. And all of a sudden he says, I feel a little queasy turns around and uh, his eyes turn black and he is taken over by Malik. And now Mantis sends the guardians into Adam Warlock's mind and this is where you have the final fight against Malik, who has taken over Adam Warlock. That is two fake endings in this <laughs> game. Like they already hit you with it when you were in Peter's Promise, so you're like, they can't. They're not going to do it. Again. That's obviously no. Fake. Yeah, this is going to be a post credit scene. Yeah. yeah, no, they did it once. They're not going to do it twice. They're not no. crazy. They're insane. Yeah. Also, I, I love that moment as of like as they were leaving the sacrosanct. Uh, they throw out a business card like here are the guardians of the galaxy call us if you need help that kind of thing but yeah. they go into adam warlock's mind and they they have to confront him and to get him to to come close enough for you to actually make contact with the soul stone and pull him into that you have to taunt him with like the the very negative way of, of like insulting him and stuff and not reminding adam warlock of who he is but just you know, make fun of him. And yeah, this, this dialogue stuff made me laugh really hard because like all the guardians are getting really insulting to, to just Adam Warlock and Malik. And I loved it. Yeah. I remember this fight, like obviously really well. And I, I love the story of it. I also remember how much I fucking hated the actual mechanics of this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, he starts to conjure yeah. up enemies that you fought in the, in the, the other areas and the other chapters. One of them are like the the slugs that that pop up in part of Drax's mind when you're fighting him. And at this point, I realize like, oh, they've reused some audio because Gamora shouts out more worms, Peter. And Peter shouts back, like, keep fighting. Do it for Drax. And it's like, wait, Drax is here. He's fine. He's with us. Drax could do it himself. <laughs> He's a grown man. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Right. They. They had that audio he, left over. You want a Royal Rumble. Drax yeah. can do anything. <laughs> they just, they, they threw in that audio because they didn't record the other audio for, yeah. you know, the, the rest of the game. So like, yeah. you know, it's kind of weird. It's like, oh, you guys didn't realize that, that this triggered maybe, you know, once the, the, the worms showed up. So like there, there's that weird break in the seams, but still this fight was, was really cool just as ter in terms of like the dialogue and the story goes, because like, at one point, they, they start to really insult Adam Warlock. And they say, like, who do you think we, like, who do you think you're messing with? We're the Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Drax shouts out, we have business cards. <laughs> and unfortunately, the business cards don't say Gardeners of the Galaxy. <laughs> Which is a great, uh, that's another great running gag that, like, Rocket submitted their their paperwork to Novacore to register them as an official mercenary group and he said gardeners of the galaxy is a joke and novacore actually registered them as gardeners of the galaxy 
Yeah. So I, well, I think they're like, he's like Gardeners of the Galaxy. And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll let Groot fill out some of the paperwork. But I filed an addendum. <laughs> and yeah. then it goes over the addendum. And it's like, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, you've got, you know, Drax, the Destroyer, and blah, 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 blah. And Gamora, blah, 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 blah. And Groot, and blah, 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 blah. And Rocket, who's who's a genius and does this. And finally, and it's like, uh, and last but certainly least, Peter Quill. And that's it. <laughs> and he's like you didn't have anything it's like no, there was a character limitation <laughs> but okay you've you've like fought off malik and and finally like coaxed him into getting close enough for peter to like use the soul stone to suck him into that and peter wakes up in the milano everybody else is like just woken up too and they try to figure out what are we going to do with the soul stone that has malik in it and they give it back to adam warlock who places it inside of his head. And then uh, like, they're, they're just kind of like, well, you know, what, what is the best solution for this? Do we have him keep it? And they're like, well, you know, that, that does sound kind of dangerous, but what else can we do? Well, we could give it to Novacore. That sounds really dangerous. Now we could try and destroy it. That sounds pretty dangerous because that, that would just release Malik again. Um, okay, fine. Give it to him. Then the, the credits actually roll this time. And in between a couple of credit scenes, we have Peter in his room alone talking into a mirror about how he now he's going to have to raise Nikki as the new guardian of the galaxy, but also as a 12 year old kid. You can either have him admit that, like, like this is going to be hard or be like, hey, like, no big deal, whatever. And depending on what he says, he starts to freak out about it. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Again, this is another moment that made me laugh pretty hard. And it showed that like, this is not the same Peter from the MCU. This is like somebody else that has a completely different personality that I love. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and now Nikki's a double orphan. <laughs> well, she already yeah, was. Terrible. She already was. She just, you know, had yep, an adoptive. Triple, yep. Triple orphan. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. But. Um, or is she a single orphan? Cause she didn't know. Well. Or does she know now? We need a sequel. It's just too dark to think about. I don't know. But they they say that like, well, whose room is she going to stay in? And as the the last joke of the whole game, they say, oh, we're going to give her Peter's room. Peter, you can sleep on the couch. After all of this, the story is fantastic. I love this story. Do you have any like other like parting thoughts about the story? I mean, yeah, obviously we covered pretty much all of it and, you know. This yeah, the story. I I can't say enough about the story in this game. It's yeah. great. It's it's a coherent story. Things that you don't think are gonna be important like show up later. So it's not like you're just seeing things to see references to things. You know, like with the soul stone at the beginning, I I saw it and I was like, that's that's probably one of the infinity stones. But then you, you don't pick it up again. Yeah, and you're like, well, maybe not, or they just don't know about it or something. Yeah, and that comes back, and then you see, uh, Rabbit shortly after that and then he can like he's actually a big component of it you hear them talking about fin fang foom and that's actually going to be a story beat later on um it just helps make the entire world feel more kind of realized i guess would be the word for it um that it's not just hey here's these characters you know doing saying things that you know and here's here's this reference to something because it's there there is one part of the game that is that which is the like the collector's kind of uh there's there's an area we can kind of like like go to the collector's um collection i guess i think yeah. it's a museum i can't remember exactly what they call it um and that that's just that's just straight up easter eggs uh-huh 
but that's like in like a almost like a like a museum setting where you walk around, you see this and you can read about it. Cool. But that's not like a in like an important part. That's just OK. Here's here's all these Easter eggs that don't fit into the story. Yeah, but we're going to put them. We're going to wrap them in something that makes sense. And it's only available in one chapter. And it, it being a linear game means that you can't return to it. So uh, to be fair yeah. and something that I really love about this game is it does have a chapter select after you beat a chapter. And you can go back to get collectibles that you missed. So like when I, when I played this and there's an achievement yeah, uh, trophy for getting all of the costumes, I found that I'd missed one at the very beginning. So I was able to just go into that chapter, get to the point where I get the costume mm-hmm. and then back out to the menu and back into my regular save. And I had the costume there. Oh, nice. So that okay. that's really good for like for collectors and kind of achievement hunters. You can just go back and play those chapters. Yeah. Yeah. With with the PS5, and I'm assuming this is on the PS4 as well, but I, I initially played it on the Xbox, and now I'm playing on the PS5. I forgot that the PlayStation controller has a speaker. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> at the beginning, when you're you know you're in the quarantine zone and like you're out you're outside, and like you you know you're talking to Rocket because he's with you and Groot he's with you, and then Gamora says something and you see her picture on the top of the screen, and then my controller started talking to me, and I was like, the fuck is this? <laughs> oh god. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And and like it it's just really funny to to like, you know, if they're talking to you on a radio, I've seen this happen a lot in in other games, but like if someone's talking to you on a radio and you know the the programmers have taken the time to to implement this, but the audio will come through your speaker in the controller. And if you I found this too because I was I I heard it from a controller from somebody and I was walking kind of close towards them, you start to hear it in the game yep. as you get closer. Like from the TV, so which which I thought was just like a really cool uh, audio design thing that they were able to do on the PlayStation with the power yeah. of the PlayStation. The Xbox controller doesn't have a speaker, but I can swap out batteries when shit's about to die. I don't have to plug <laughs> in. Come on. Also, who keeps opening the goddamn fridge in the Milano? It's huh? so annoying. I have to close it every time I see out? it. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, Peter comments to Rocket like, hey, man, did you fix the fridge yet? He's like, I'm getting to it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So. That's, that's uh, yeah, just a little running gag yeah. with the fridge always. I, I <laughs> closed it. I walked around like just that little circular room, came back and it was open again. Yeah. And this was while everybody was downstairs waiting to start a mission. Who the fuck was it? The was fridge. it Ed Sheeran? No, he was down there. It's the fridge gnomes. It's the fridge gnomes. That's it. Yeah. Steel so fridges, question mark, profit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. I, I, again, I love this game. I really appreciate that you picked it for, for us to talk about. I probably would not have even gotten to it if I, if you hadn't picked it. So I, thanks for, for picking it. It, it was a great yeah, ride course. through. Um, yeah, I told, I mean, uh, Kevin reached out and he was like, Hey, you know, would you be, would you be interested in doing December and actually picking the game? Cause the last, you know, the last few times I was on, um, I kind of jumped in after the plan was made. And when I looked at the list, this jumped out. And even though I'd played it before and did everything in it, I was like, Let's let's do Guardians because I'm pretty sure you're gonna love it. People are gonna love it, and pe- more people should play this game. Yeah, because it's just a great story. It's a great you want a single player, linear narrative story with some questionable action. Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yeah, it it is better than many moments in the MCU. Great story for a game. Highly recommend playing it. So, mm-hmm. uh, Robert, remind us again uh, where people can find you on. Twitch, Twitter, anywhere else? Yeah, twitch.tv slash Mr. Underscore Hawks, H-O-X, 182. 
Twitter, I think, is Mr. Underscore Hawks. I tried to get that everywhere. Yeah. You know, everywhere that I could, I tried to get that. Um, I, I believe Instagram is Mr. Underscore Hawks. Threads, uh, Blue Skies, whatever the hell that name and convention is, Mr. Hawks. Um, <laughs> kind of the same thing everywhere. Okay. But yeah, mostly just just Twitch. You know, come hang out. Hop in the chat. I, I don't. I don't, I'm not going to stare into the camera and tell you to like, and subscribe or, or drop a sub because I don't have a camera. Okay. That's cool. the only reason why. Yeah. Yeah. Give me money. All right. Well, again, you can also find me on discord at the Portland Kevin. If you'd like to contact me about the show, uh, you can also write in to PS plus game club at gmail.com for any suggestions for, for future games. Or if you want to comment about shadow of the Colossus, which we are going to be talking about next month. You know, other than that, Robert, uh, thank you very much for, for being here. Thank you for having me, Kevin. We went uh, a couple of hours. We did, we did, <laughs> um, but it was worth, yeah. it was worth talking about yeah. this fantastic game. So, uh, fantastic game, fantastic story. Among other things, anyone listening, hope you have a great holiday season. Happy holidays to you and uh happy birthday to my wife coming up. Hope that birthday to your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Coming up. Other than that, you know, happy holidays again and uh, hope you have a great day and have fun playing around. Bye. Kiss his ass. Kiss your ass. Happy Hanukkah.